Okay, so we're up to last week. We started the Sefer the Maral Netzach Yisrael, um, and we're up to the second parak. The second parak in this Hebrew Sefer is Davchaf, but on the online download, it's page fifty-two, I believe. So the Maral last week talked about how the main purpose of the Sefer is to describe Geula and redemption. But in order to go to understand redemption, you have to talk about exile first. You have to talk about Gaulus. So in this parak, the Maral will begin to... It's a little harsh, not not terribly harsh, but the Maral will to sort of describe uh, a uniqueness about Klal Yisrael that we don't find with other nations. So the Maral says like this, Sibis HaGaulus humavur. We all know why there's Gaulus. We all know it's due to sin. right? The famous Gemara in Yuma. The first base Hamikdash was destroyed because of the big three Averis. The second base Hamikdash was destroyed because of sin. We all know why the Chorban happened. It's because of sin. But, says the Maral, But why do we sin so much? I mean, we know the Chorban is because we sin. But how come Klai Yisrael sins so much? And the Maral is going to say something very interesting. It's not uh, your classic, you know, you know uh, fluffy, everything nice. The Maral says, we find that Klal Yisrael sins even sometimes more than Goyim. Meaning that sometimes we fall even sort of further down. He says like this, Yesh lishal sheila Says the Maral, I, I have a very large question. When you analyze all the people of the planet, you'll find a certain rule. There's a major rule of nature, and that is, People normally give birth to people that are similar to them. I'll give you an example, an extreme example. Horses give birth to horses, pigs to pigs, cows to cows. You generally don't find an animal giving birth to a different species. That's not very common. It's not a common ever. And just on a more uh, you know, subtle way, People's children similar are usually similar to their parents. That's generally the rule, says the morale. You won't find a horse, a donkey coming out of a horse, or vice versa. And a person won't give birth to an animal, and vice versa. It's not generally done. And if you plant wheat, you won't grow barley, and vice versa. It makes sense, based on the rules of nature, that a tzaddik will give birth to a tzaddik. Now, all of Klal Yisrael, all of us, come from basically one person, and that's Avram Avinu, but if you want to trace it back to the Avos and the Imos, they were the biggest tzaddikim to ever live. So how come we're not? How come you have Rishoyim that come out of Tzadikim? He says, B'nai Avram, Yitzchak, V'yakiv, Ki'aytzibah. It would make sense that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, which we all are, should be very, should be identical to our parents. And the same way Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were Kaddish Vitar, were perfect people, it would make sense that Kla Yisrael should be perfect. Now, a lot of what he's going to say, it's going to take time. Next time we'll, we'll devel- develop the answer. But the question is, At least, if you want to say that Klai Yisrael should not be, we don't have to be Tzadikim, but it doesn't make sense that we should be Rishoim. 
Again, the question is, we all know that the Churban was because of sin. But what causes Klal Yisrael to sin so very much? And it's against the rules of nature, because the rule of nature is that uh, a horse gives birth to a horse. You, your children should be identical to you. If we all come from Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, then how come Klal Yisrael is not perfect? And he says, more than this, Yisrael is a very sharp line, this is the Maral, but he's going to, we'll spin it next time in a more positive way. It says the Maral, Ki Yisrael misuygalim hayu lechet mashaloi timsa b'chalumais. Klal Yisrael is more predisposed to falling further than, than even Goyim, which is a, a shocking statement. And we'll talk next time, we'll be mechazek ourselves to realize that this is because of our potential, but Klal Yisrael is, you know, could fall to very, very dark places. So how come Avram and Yaakov are not like that? The average person, they're a good person, the kids are good people. They're a bad person, the kids are bad. It's very simple. But Avram and Yaakov, the greatest, most complex human beings to ever live, have a very... Their children are not necessarily like them externally. Again, the Hasidish approach would be that internally we are. But why aren't we externally like the Avos? He said historically there were probably more Rishoyim to live than Sadiqim. So how, how come it's like this? And because Av Misik and Yaakov founded this religion, Now, Obviously, we'll get to the answer, and the answer is, I think, fairly obvious, and that is, we have a much stronger Yetzirah than the Goyim. But before the Maral does that, the Maral wants to say, he wants to explain a very interesting Gemara. Omar, the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Yoda Shar, I'll quote you the Pasuk, they quote in, in, in Maramakam number 11, Yoda Shar Kaneu, an ox knows its owner, V'chamor Ovas Bailov, and a donkey knows the one who feeds it, this is a very strong Pasuk, that the Pasuk in Yeshaya says that Hashem says, I don't understand. Every ox knows its owner. Every donkey knows who feeds it. But how come Klal Yisrael doesn't follow me? That's how Kaddish Baruch Hu is, is, compla- is, is, is you know, lamenting the fact that we're not perfect. But says the Maral, what's the significance? And this is a very interesting Yeshaya, because this is something my brother once gave a share years ago, and I'll explain in a moment. Well, what's the significance of an ox and a donkey? that an ox knows its owner, and a donkey knows who feeds it, but Klal Yisrael doesn't. What's the significance of an ox and a donkey? What do they symbolize? Says the Maral, You know, says the Maral, you know what's unique about a shar? There are animals like the ox. The ox recognizes power. The ox's relationship with its owner is not that of love, it's that of fear. The ox knows who's in charge. And says the Maral, says the Pasuk, You see, the ox symbolizes the relationship with Hashem based on fear. And therefore the Pasuk says, Hashem says there are people that fear their gods, and there are people that fear their Abayim and fear their parents. There's a relationship based on fear, and that's symbol, symbol, symbolizing, symbol, uh, symbolized by the ox. 
and because the ox is a very, very powerful animal and it's in charge of, it's the largest and strongest of the domesticated animals, but but it's still afraid of its master. And that's why the Pesach says that the ox knows who's in charge. It's a fear relationship. And Hashem says, how come Klai Yisrael doesn't fear me? But on the other hand, there are other types of relationship and that of love. And that's symbol, symbol, symbolized by the donkey. He says, You have the donkey. The donkey doesn't necessarily know who's in charge. And it doesn't, it's not necessarily afraid of its owner. You kick it, it's not really afraid. The relationship is not that of fear. But you know what the donkey recognizes? It recognizes love. It knows who feeds it. So you have the ox who has a relationship with its owner completely based on Yira, and a chamor who has a relationship with its owner completely based on love. And that's why the donkey loves its owner. So Ashkadosh Baruch Hu is saying, I don't understand Klal Yisro. I... They don't, have, you know, they don't fear me the same way an ox fears its owner, and they don't love me the way a donkey f- loves its owner. And that's why the pasuk uh, is madgish. The pasuk uh, focuses on the fact that a donkey, that it has its owner feeds it, which is a caring relationship. Because it's a donkey, it's not a wise animal. It doesn't have a lot of kaiches, but at least it knows who feeds it. And it doesn't just, you know, it, it recognizes who loves it. It runs after the food. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, how come there's a deficiency in Klal Yisrael, both in fear and in love? He says, Yisrael lo yoda. The end of the Pasuk is, Yisrael lo yoda. Yisrael, Klal Yisrael doesn't know. My nation doesn't recognize. That also is love and fear. Says the Maral, and I'll explain this in a moment. Meaning, Yisrael lo yoda. Yisrael doesn't know. Knowing is power. Yisrael doesn't recognize the fear that they should have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem said, listen, they should at least have fear of me. Because I'm, I'm capable of anything. Just like the ox has a relationship that of fear. But they don't. And then he says, Ami is a lotion of caring. And the, the, the love is also deficient. Now before we get to the answer of how come Klal Yisrael is not perfect, but it's interesting how he is saying that the, the relationship of a donkey and an ox symbolizes love and fear. So he explains something amazing in the next paragraph. And this explains the Gemara Makis. It's very interesting. When they would give lashes to a person who did a biblical prohibition, the lash was made out of, um, the Pasuk said, the Gemara says, it was a Ritzua Shel Egel. Is they would take a, a, a young ox, and they would take some of the hairs and wrap it together, and that's how they would hit. So says the Maral, how come they wouldn't use a donkey hair? How come an ox hair? But now it makes a lot of sense. I'll say it outside, they'll see it inside. Now it makes a lot of sense. You give lashes for negative commandments, for losases. You don't get lashes for not doing a mitzvah. You see, the ox 
and the donkey, which symbolizes love and fear, that also is the extension of positive commandments and negative commandments. Meaning, all mitzvahs say stem from Ahava. The reason why you put on tefillin is not based on fear of not putting on tefillin. It's because when you love something, you're drawn to it. All mitzvahs say come from love, which is symbolized by the donkey, which has a relationship of love with its owner. All negative commandments, lo say, is coming from fear. That don't do this, Hashem says. It's all based on don't. And therefore, when a person transgresses a negative commandment, which brings upon it lashes, you're more affecting the relationship you have with Hashem of an ox, more so than a donkey. Because again, the donkey symbolizes love, which is more connective to mitzvah saseh, but you don't get lashes for not doing a mitzvah saseh. You get lashes for not doing a lo saseh. So for doing a lo saseh. So a lo saseh, which is the source of lashes, is more connected to the relationship that the morale is describing of an ox. And therefore they take a young ox's hair and whip the person. Because he's poigim in that relationship of chamor. So says the morale, But lashes are not, you don't get lashes for not doing a positive mitzvah. If you don't do a positive mitzvah, it's not a good thing, but you don't get lashes for it. You, you say you're sorry and you go weiter and you're forgiven right away. The relationship of love is much easier to rectify. The relationship of fear, that stems from losases. It stems from fear. And as he just got finished saying, the animal that symbolizes that fear is considered the ox. But you can't, say his question was, why don't you lash him with donkey hair? It doesn't make sense. The donkey symbolizes love. When you eat chazer, that's not a, a lack of love. That was a lack of fear. Hashem said, don't do this. And you should have been, you should have had yira like that. Okay. Now, before we go on to actually explain his answer, which is, again, his question was, how come Klal Yisrael, if we come from Avim Yitzchak and Yaakov, how come we're not perfect? So it's interesting that the morale is describing an ox and a donkey. So I'll just share with you, it's based on this concept that an ox and a donkey symbolizes love and fear, that there's a Torah from the Rav Tzaddik. And I think it's very uh, eye-opening into what's going on in the world. Sort of having it a little bit, um, you know, the, the, the Zayar says that before Mashiach comes, the last Mucham of Gaigumagig will be a combination of Esav and Yishmal together. Esav and Yishmal will sort of join together um, to attack Klal Yisrael. Now, I don't know if that's... Uh, listen, I don't, you, you're seeing... You watch on the news, you see uh, Joe Biden with the king of uh, Abdullah of uh, Jordan. Uh, looks like Esav and Yishmael to me, but um, why is Esav and Yishmael so dangerous when they join forces? The Pasuk says that Esav uh, married Yishmael's daughter, and the Zarya says that that's a very, very uh, dangerous relationship. Why is it so dangerous? So let me just explain. Rav Tzaddik says that all negative of traits really stem from two things, and that's taiva and kavod. Taiva and kavod. Everything else falls under that category of taiva and kavod. Taiva and kavod is also connected to Esav and Yishmael. You see, Esav, his whole thing is kavod. 
he holds of himself. The Yetzirah of Esav stems from Kovid. And therefore Esav is very much connected to anger. Esav is very much connected to murder, right? The Crusades. It comes from, not from a passion, from love, but from an anger. Esav is very, very angry. And therefore Esav is symbolized by an ox. An ox has a, you know, it's very stubborn. It's, 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 it's covered. It's, it's the melech of the behemoths. That's what Esav is. Yishmol is not like that. Yishmol, the Zayar says, is more comparable to a donkey. You see, Yishmol is about, it's not covered, it's taiva. You see, taiva, it's, it's, it's passion, it's lust. And, and you have these chamar and ashar, and these two, you know, ahava and yira, coming together. And the thing is, it also makes sense, by the way, Esav comes from Yitzchak. Yitzchak is gvura, is fear. Yitzchak is yira. So his son will be a dangerous fear. A dangerous fear of anger, of covet. You have Avram Avinu, which is chesed, which is love. His son, Yishmal, is a negative love. They're very passionate, the, the Islamic people. They're very passionate. It's just a passion that's a, it's a, it's a crazy passion. It's not a good passion. You see... Esav and Yishmael coming together is so dangerous and is so negative because it's very hard to deal with it. You see, how do you deal with someone that has too much covet? You humble them. You say, hey, you're not so great. Settle down. You're not so chashiv. You're not so chashiv. That's how you deal with the Yetzirah of covet. But how do you deal with the Yetzirah of taiva? You see, taiva comes from someone that's a very low person. Someone that's watching stuff on the internet, something, someone that's going to places they shouldn't go, it's not because they hold to themselves. They look at themselves as nothing. They look at themselves like a drunk guy in the street that they have no self-respect. So the way you deal with too much COVID is humility. But the way you deal with too much taiva is lift yourself up. And you say, you're better than this. You shouldn't go to those places. You shouldn't look at those things. You shouldn't be around those people. You're a melech. The danger of Esav and Yishmael coming together is that how do you deal with it? Because to be Yishmael, which is all low and base and disgusting, you have to say, you're better than this. You're much stronger. But then, but to deal with Esav, you have to say, you're not such, so much gaiva, so much covid. What are you already? You're telas v'loy ish. But the... So the problem of dealing with Esav and Yishmael together, each one on its own you can handle. And what I mean each one, I'm not talking about those people outside. Because that, that's, a, that's a specific problem. I'm talking about within. That every Jew has within him an Esav, and every Jew has within him a Yishmael. And each one on its own is easy to handle. If you have a kid that's overtaken by Esav, what that means is that that kid has got anger, he's got covered. He thinks he's the biggest, and not just a kid. You have someone in the shul, you have someone in your neighborhood who's a Balgaiva. He thinks of them so, so whole, so high. You know, I, I heard this mice once from Rebbe Weinberger. The Rebbe Weinberger, Rebbe Weinberger said, um, he was dealing with some Mamasha Balgaiva, and he said that the guy like called him over like at a funeral and said, I want to talk to you, in a very like disrespectful way. <laughs> and he said that you could tell like the guy, like his shirt was open, and he could smell his cologne from like across the room. And he said to the guy, as he's talking to him disrespectfully, Weinberger said, you're probably very wealthy. The guy was taken aback. What do you mean I'm wealthy? How do you... 
As Rav said, I've never met a Balgaiva that was poor. So you're probably such a Balgaiva, you're probably very wealthy. The way to humble a Balgaiva, so if you have a Jew who's being ensnared by Esav, the way to fix a Balgaiva is to remind him, you know, you're not perfect, and humble yourself. And what happens when you have a Jew that's being ensnared by Yishmael, by Taiva, which is a big problem. The big problem at the end of days is going to places you shouldn't go, seeing things you shouldn't see. We all know the way to solve that. The way to solve that is to remind them who you are, that you're a melech, and you're covered, and you, you're much better than this. And to go to such places, how could a, a member of Mamlechus Kainim and Kaddish go to there? But, how, but what do you do when Esau and Yishmael join forces? That's the danger of it. To humble one is giving into the other. To, to raise up the other is giving into the other. To that, Rav Tzaddik says, the Pasuk says that Yaakov Inu sent a message to Esau. And he said, if you remember the beginning, he says, the beginning of He said, tell Esau, I have an ox and I have a donkey. So Rashi says he was trying to tell him how wealthy he was. But you know what the deeper shot is? Yaakov Avinu is saying, I know how to fix both. You see the perversion of Avram Avinu, which we'll talk about next time, which is the first Beis Hamikdash falling, and the perversion of the second Beis Hamikdash. If Avram is Chesed and Yitzchak is Gevura, you know how to fix both is Yaakov Avinu, which is Teferes. Yaakov Avinu is the perfect harmony of both. You know how you fix both? How do you humble someone, but at the same time remind them of who you are? To that, the answer is bittel. You know what bittel means? Bittel means that every member of Klal Yisrael remind yourself that you're a member, you're a small piece of a large cog. You're, you're a small piece in a large machine, meaning you're essential for Klal Yisrael's existence because you're a part of something big. And it's that contradiction of I'm important because I'm a part of the cloud. I'm a member of the minion. I'm important but I'm only important because I'm part of something bigger. That's how you sort of fix this. You remind yourself that you're something special, something important, but not because of your own self-worth. You're something important because you're a member of Klal Yisrael. That you on your own Whatever, how, how perfect is a, is a regular human? But a member of Klal Yisrael, that's something important. That both humbles you, because you remind yourself that your kaychas are not that impressive on their own, but they're impressive because you're a part of something big. That's Yaakov Avinu saying, that's how you sort of take these two things, that's how you have a perfect Ahav and a perfect Yira, and that beats Esav and Yishmo. Okay, let's just start the answer. Let's start the answer, and then we'll continue next time. If you could skip, if you don't mind, to Dav Chavzayim. We'll do one paragraph and then we'll stop. So the question that Maral asks, which is, how come Klal Yisrael is not perfect? How come we're deficient in the Shar and deficient in the Chamar? If we come from Avram, Isaac, and Yaakov, then they're tzaddikim. Shouldn't we be a tzaddik? Doesn't a horse give birth to a horse? And it doesn't give birth to a cow? So how come Klal Yisrael is not perfect? But says the Maral, the answer to this very difficult question, from these words of the Zakanim and the word of Chacham, it's become clear. The Gemara says, The answer is, Klal Yisrael is perfect on their own. But the reason why we're not perfect practically is because we have a very strong force called the Yetzirah. And as we'll see next time, the Yetzirah amongst Jews is stronger than by Goyim. 
And the question was, how come Klal Yisrael is not perfect? The answer is, because of our great Milas, we have the great Yetzirah that's fighting with us. That Hashem took a Yetzirah and put it within our heart to fight with us. And it's Dafka because this Yetzirah that leads to our problems. And the Yetzirah of those Goyim are not the same as ours. It's stronger by Jews. Because Hashem raised us up. And as we'll talk about this next time, we'll end with this. You ever wonder, at least this is something I could say from my own experience, but I'm pretty sure that uh, my experience is not much different from other people. That if uh, this is more for men than for women, that if you have a person, if you have a man, that if a man finds himself that he doesn't learn Torah for one day, two days, three days, four days, at some point you'll be depressed. And if a person just goes on vacation and he doesn't connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at some point you'll start to decay and start to you'll feel empty. And you'll get agitated. But how come by Goyim, that's Mamish the best vacation and they're happy? The answer is because Kalal Yisrael has a Yetzirah that they don't. And Kalal Yisrael has an engine that they don't. And therefore our ceiling is way higher. But the floor is also lower. And therefore it's Dafka what motivates us. Dafka what drives us also drives us. And if we don't fulfill that, and if you don't, you feel empty. You feel like you're decaying. And therefore it's Dafka the greatness of Kalal Yisrael that also leads us to the great Yitzhahara that we have. And next time we'll talk more about this to explain this. And that's why, so Kalal Yisrael Taka is, we have the Kaychas to be perfect. We have the Kaychas to be Avnissing and Yaakov. But Zelu everything is mirror image. The same way Agadish Baruch Hu gave us tremendous amount of capabilities, he also at the same time gave us a very big Nisayan. And a Nisayan that Goyim don't have. But it's not because of our deficiency, on the contrary, it's our capabilities. The higher you can, the, higher, the lower you can fall, that means you got a lot of movement. Goyim are pretty stagnant, they're pretty stationary. Jews, if we can fall that fall, fall that far, it's because we're on a very, very high ladder, and that means we could also go way, way higher. I will stop here, and Bez Hashem will uh, pick it up next time. Recording stopped.